you are listening to The Dog Pod with your host, Han Vance, out of Athens, Georgia. And Sam Casaccio from GPK Studios in New York City, Manhattan, ready to talk some dogs football with you. Yeah, man, we got you on a remote today, huh? Yeah, headed on up here to the farm to my sister's place, which is in Jackson County. I'm going to Jackson, 18 miles outside of Athens. A uh, hundred and something year old historic farm. My sister's restoring for a wedding venue. She's going to do weddings there and, and resides there. So it's kind of the family farm now. Uh, technical wasn't going to work out on the farm. So I'm actually in Athens proper. I'm over here at the Sin and Face Estate, the Matt Fasic Estate, where they have a Vance suite I normally occupy during game weekends in a full stock bar, which I'm engaging in currently. Nice. Love to hear the, the, the drinking on a, on a Friday. It's happy hour, 5 o'clock somewhere. But you got to feel good coming off that win against those volunteers. Although Kirby didn't sound like he was feeling too good after a big W, sounded a little bit like a guy who just lost. The truth is, with Bama looming, the, the mistakes that were made in the first half of that Tennessee game and the lack of execution – will not fly. There will not be a second half, second chance for the Bulldogs if they are coming up with those kind of mistakes in the in the first half of this uh, Crimson Tide Bulldog game. 100% correct, I think. We're talking about a road game. We are playing the number two team in the country. Georgia leading the SEC, excuse me, leading the SEC and the whole nation in defensive pass efficiency. Keep in mind that one score in the last game was an uh, offensive score, yielded so we've given up 8 10 14 this team we're facing is given scoring 51 points a game folks they are number one in the nation and sec obviously in offensive pass efficiency so you got mono and mono ones on ones teeing them up in t-town that's going to be interesting yeah and the, and the and the big thing is that big o-line they got i know we talk o-line every week but this one looms larger than the rest and not just the o-line but Najee harris Coming off a huge game against Ole Miss. Five touchdowns, 200 yards in the last game. Compare and contrast this power back senior who came back at Bama for another run at glory with the problems we're having at feature runner. Sure, we're running the ball well. We outran Tennessee 198 to negative one. But Zeus hasn't gotten it done, folks. I like the kid. I love the kid and all. But he got 22 carries finally. He's never busted nearly quite that many. He's had 19 or whatever, but 22 carries, two yards a carry. So his contribution yardage total-wise is around the same as some of these other kids who are chipping in, but the per carry is gross. We got to go a different way. He's still got his big power touchdown. I'm not saying he doesn't need to play at all. I think we need to look for a feature running back at RBU. We've had Swift, we've had Sony, we've had Chubb, we've had Gurley, all in a continuum. Holyfield got 1,000 yards. We need to get some running going, and we need to get it going immediately. Yes, the important back that I want to talk about today, and Kirby briefly touched on this, is is Milton. Now, I know that we, we, we talked about the mistakes. We've talked about the snap issues, which Trey Hill gave – Tennessee a touchdown to start the game last week but yep. the the lack of execution on offense and you've touched on Zeus the two yards of carry that's not going to cut it that's not going to work now that you're that 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 you're playing a team like the Crimson Tide and what I want to see is 
the, the everybody's talking about the matchup between what is the number one offense and the number one defense in the country this week. And that's right. obvious, and we see it. And, and we're going to see who comes out on top of that matchup. But I, I think it's fair to say that they're both going to get their punches in. The most important thing that I see in this game is a young Georgia offense that is obviously shown in the second half of the Arkansas game for the entire Auburn game and for the second half of the Tennessee game. They need to grow up. There needs to be players that are participating, uh, that are contributing, honestly, a lot like Kyrus Jackson has as a leader executing, not spraying people with water bottles like Pickens. You know, he's supposed to be the most explosive person, a knucklehead moment by the most explosive player. But I want to see Milton, and Kirby talked about his fumble. He, yeah. I need to see him in this game because the truth is, if I think if he was in on those fourth downs, again, we're talking about lack of execution in the first half of that Tennessee game. If he's in on those fourth downs, Milton is the only one breaking tackles, and he's the only one that looks like a Georgia running back, in my opinion. He's the only one that looks like he has the ability to be Chubb, to be Swift, to be Sony. And that's what they need right now if they're going to fight against a Crimson Tide team. Um, the big thing is that he's just a young guy. He's a true freshman. But he, I think he needs to be cut loose and grow up fast. I am always a guy who will go with an upperclassman when he has uh, more potential, and especially if he has more experience in playing time. I'm always looking to see, can they do it on the college field? But something excited me about this Milton kid. I got on this Milton kid because of his confidence, his dad's confidence. He said he's not coming all the way across the country to sit. Now, if he hadn't fumbled late in that game and made a mistake as freshmen will do, and trust me, those type of freshman mistakes will cost you this football game if they happen routinely at all. But... There's no had, room for error. No. If he all. had not fumbled, and there little to none, right? So if he had not fumbled, I'm pretty sure he might be getting the start. But when you're leaving the game late, coming off, coughing the ball up, um, Kenny McIntosh's yardage was good per carry. He's only getting five touches or whatever. And, He's more and, of a change of pace guy in is. my mind. Like even as, then, as I thought he performed better than Zeus, and I we, we've talked yes. about wanting to see him more. But when Milton took the field, and and I think Kirby is focusing on the fumble, and I I don't want to focus on it too much because I don't the either. truth is he was exploding, he was breaking tackles. It looked like Georgia running backs of the past decade. That's what needs to happen. It's been a huge question mark for this team. But we have to sure up the mistakes. The execution has to be there. Right. And it's just it's it's not just him. I don't even, I mean the truth is I don't know if he's gonna if how much he's gonna be involved. But right. I think he needs to right. be. And it's not just him, it's the whole offense. Yes. No snapping over the head to give Tennessee seven. I mean, you do that with Bama, you might as well just stop. Especially on the road in the SEC. This is still a road game in the SEC at the SEC West at night, number two versus number three. The running offense at Georgia is been getting the yards. It's not like we haven't been getting the yards. What we've been doing is doing it by such a committee that there has been no dominance. Sure, Zeus has gotten the lion's share of the carries. He hasn't had the lion's share of the production. The other guys have chipped in enough with enough guys getting carries, five guys indeed, that we're actually getting the yardage so far. So it might be a little more running back by committee. Remember, I've been waiting for and pining for, and so have you, that feature runner at Georgia, and we thought, can Zeus do it? But it just hasn't happened. It doesn't mean the kid's in exile. You got to find someone that can. Someone has to be a game breaker, not a solid and workable running back, a game breaker. Kind of on the same note of, of what we were, what I was talking about before, where we're talking about that everyone is highlighting the Georgia defense versus the Bama offense. But I sure. believe 
that if this Georgia offense can mature, can clean up some of the mistakes, and look more like the team that was playing Auburn a week ago, that they can give this Bama defense a hard time. Certainly Ole Miss gave them a bit of a run. Yeah, Ole Miss scored 48 on them, and Bama yielded the most yardage in school history. So I'd call that a bit of a run. They gave up 650 friggin' plus yards to Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and that up-tempo office, offense. Excuse me. Now, you know, Munkin was brought in to run a new offense at Georgia. So, A, is he going to recognize, truly recognize that need for that dominant runner the way that someone else might? B, are we going to be able to spread it and throw it more and run fast? I don't think we have the execution outside of the way Kiaris Jackson has played, which we've commented on repeatedly. So, unfortunately, we haven't seen, like, the tight ends, like Trey McKitty, like Darnell Washington, make many plays. So, I can't factor that in as, like, a big moment unless it's a surprise breakout. We are four games in. George Pickens doesn't have the numbers. He's getting a lot of coverage like we've spoken about. He's making the catches of balls that are thrown his way. He's just not able to get open with double coverage consistent like that. Almost no one can. Well, they're going to have to start accounting for Kiaris. They are. They're going to be on Kiaris. And I want to to say that the, the tone of my voice is not meant to, to be kind of doom and gloom as though, like, you know, Georgia's not doing well enough to beat this team. It's quite the contrary. I think Georgia has the, the tools and the ability to get this done. I just, because I'll hmm. tell you this, if Georgia puts up 48 against that Bama defense, Georgia's winning the game. 48. Because they have the lot, best though. defense in the country. Yeah. Yeah, we so, scored 44 last week, but they're not going to make the turnovers like that and just give Georgia scores like that, where we were having you know defensive scores, so many takeaways. I don't. They're going to have to execute. They're going to have to explode. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, and we've seen it. It's possible because we've seen the glimpses of it. It's a young, growing offense. We've talked about this since the beginning of the year of the offensive linemen that have left, guys like DeAndre Swift that have left, and what this offense is going to become. They've got, but the recruiting classes we are established. We've talked about the, the the recruiting classes being of the elite level, number one recruiting classes. So they have the horses. Are they going to have the horses trained? Are the stallions going to be ready to race against Bama on Saturday? And one thing that I'll note is uh, Saban has never won a national championship that was not defensive coordinated by Jeremy Pruitt, the current head coach at Tennessee. Or Kirby Smart, the current head coach at Georgia. So Saban isn't even there, folks. But add to that, Saban teams. Yeah, that's an important wrinkle. That, yes. That Satan, Saban, as we <laughs> illuminated last week, the impact of the state of college football during a pandemic is not going to be there to be involved in the defense the way Kirby is involved in the Bulldog defense. Exactly. So he that's Burn, a huge factor as well. He and Burn, the athletic director at Bama, are out with COVID. Um, Kirby calls the defensive signals and Saban is like that. He's very hands-on, especially with the defensive backs, both former DBs when he's calling head coaching games and Saban really head coaches a little more actively than Kirby. Kirby is more niche focus and will let the offense kind of do what it does. Saban is not calling the plays. Don't get me wrong. Steve Sarkeesian is calling the plays, the former Atlanta Falcon play caller. He's, you know, been a head coach at Washington. He's a good coach. He's running the ship this week. Sark had some drinking problems. He's a good guy. I'm having a drink right now. Who am I to judge? Yeah, you and Sark. (laughs) Who am I to judge? Sark's over there. (laughs) He's having a couple beers with you. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, Milton was eight for 56. Um, Really good. 
Scout Woo. Howard said, wow, what a play when he had the good play there and did the nice run and broke those tackles. Dog Pod, our kicker, they call him Pod, P-O-D. It's so great. Yeah, he's uh, a friend of the He's pod. the man. He had big shoes to fill at Georgia. We haven't talked about, enough about it. Hot Rod Rodrigo Blankenship won the Lou Groza Award last year. This kid is replacing the Lou Groza Award winner. And Camarda is punting his lights out. He had a punt that sailed and bounced 90 yards, 63 yards of skim, scrimmage airtime in the last game. 63 yards. It flew 90 yards in the air, folks. And in the roll, it moved 90 yards. Unbelievable job at the punter. Kieris returning punts is doing a nice job. McIntosh is a great kick returner. It's really been dynamite. When you can get decent punt returns and big kickoff returns like that, that can win you football games. Yeah, we've always highlighted special teams being an impact here. And we talked about Bama Plant losing to Auburn last year and the impact that special teams had in that game. Bama scores a touchdown. Next thing you know, 99-yard kick return, and the game is, you know, it's, it's, it's momentum changing. It's, it does everything. It's, it is the unsung factor that in, impacts these games tremendously. So, McIntosh, I was actually kind of, I wanted to know what you thought about that, Han, because I saw Kyrgios returning, and I was like, as important as he is in the receiving core, and as good as McIntosh had been, I was kind of surprised by that. Well, Don Blaylock's hurting out for the year, Marietta, Georgia guy. He's like, he actually, you probably don't know this, but Mookie Blaylock's son, Dominic Blaylock. He's actually Mookie's son. He went to Walton High School near me in East Cobb. But anyway, Dom is out for the year. He would be handling those punts for us. So, Kyrgios is doing it out of necessity and ability. He's the second best guy we had. Dom but why was can't make McIntosh get involved in that? McIntosh is running kicks. You don't want to give any of these guys that may play too much. Too much. It's a little bit of a different game returning. It punts is. Than returning Punting kicks. is a lot of it about fielding and judgment, especially on those uh, certain punts. That near yeah, the, maybe near too the young. Punts. That could yeah. be a factor. But um, kick is more about explosive guy who can really run it far in the open field. So like on kickoff, I was always an up guy. But on punts, you might have had me back because I knew how to catch the ball and what to do. You know what I mean? That kickoff guy is a running back type, big runner, guy who can just haul it. Gurley was running kicks when he was a true freshman and playing a lot. So could we see these freshmen, one of them running kicks uh, and a young guy, but this freshman at runner? Are we going to see Milton really come into his own? I'm glad you brought that up, Sam. I hope so. I ho that's what I think is going to be the factor. I will be disappointed. Like, I've, I've heard this from you and from lots of Georgia fans. Um, you know, since I've gotten involved in this, that there's just a lot of second guessing of the offensive play calling, being too conservative, making, um, you know, not, not let, cutting loose, you could say, spreading it out. You know, I don't like really when they've gone the for it on, on short yardages. I don't like when they've gone for it necessarily at all. And I, I've questioned those greatly. And I certainly don't like how they've played on fourth down and third down. I didn't hate the calls. It was just like, geez, well, you got to hammer it in. Yeah, like I'm like you got a guy like Milton, you know, he's breaking tackles. I mean, Kirby said that he goes, well, he's you know he's been breaking tackles against our defense, which is I uh, you know is a good defense, and I didn't really know he would do it. You know, it's different in a game situation, and then he went in the game and he did it like that. I'm like, uh, you think you think if he's doing it against your defense, the best defense in the country, you think that he might do it against Tennessee? And then oh, we put him in. Oh wow, it happened. Like. Yeah, shocker. That happens, harkens back to what I've said about Kirby and question his in-game coaching decision and his ability to evaluate offense. He's had all these problems with quarterbacks. He's had um, great running games that were with other guys doing it. You know, last year it wasn't so great of a performance for Georgia's offense. And James Coley was his hand selection. He's out of there. Now he's got Todd Bunkin. Is it going to be 
lights out? Is things are things going to get so great so suddenly? Maybe I'd like to see that. Jim Chaney had the production, but he had questionable decisions in games that really cost us games and probably cost us the national championship. So the offense just hasn't been there at Georgia the way it should, and a lot of it is from Kirby's focus on recruiting and defense. Um, he's gotten more and more all around involved. Um, I don't think he doesn't care. Of course he cares. He cares more than most of us. Let me put it that way. He really is a great coach who has a great winning percentage. He's leading the Georgia in history, um, barely over Mark Rick. Now, Mark Rick, though, I would like to mention, folks, did win his last time at Bama, did win two SEC championships in his first five years. Here Kirby is in season five. The pressure's on. No one is talking about it enough. To, in my opinion, the pressure's on. Not is this guy on the hot seat. Obviously not. He's and listen, like job. I didn't, I didn't hate his decision to go for it on fourth down, but I am thinking. So you got a running back who's averaging two yards a carry, and you got a guy that you know is breaking every tackle in practice. Just put him in for one play, and know he's going to get it, even if they get in the backfield. He's going to probably put his hand right into that guy's face and get the first down. Like, don't lose the game over like we're going to play Zeus. Why? I, I do get think, it done. I do think at that time Kirby still thought we were going to win the game, and that at some point you have to really test a guy. So you have to really, I think Zeus really got that test and failed. Sorry to say it for the kids. Amir White's a great kid. But I think that Kirby uh, and Munkin, keep in mind Munkin is calling the plays. Munkin is saying who's in there. Munkin was finally saying, Zeus, I'm going to go ahead and cuss. I know I'm having a lot on this show, but I do want to say fuck Bama later. So let me go ahead and get this out of the way. Zeus shit the pot. He really did. It was like shit or get off the pot. He couldn't hang. You know what I mean? He shit and went yeah, to bed. Yeah, it just it wasn't working, and I, I think it's just surprising to me. Because even if like like you're worried about what? You're worried about Milton fumbling? If he fumbles on fourth down, it doesn't matter. If he if Zeus doesn't get it, he might as well have fumbled. Right, but he was the it's starting running back. He was the starting running back. But is he going to be the starting running back? He um, shouldn't be. That's two what games I'm saying. From now. Like, is he going to be starting Utilize the, Florida the game? weapons you have. If you don't cut it loose and utilize the guys that you're that you're the only one in practice watching Milton play. No one we don't get to talk about Milton until you let him in at the end of the Tennessee game and I watch him have eight for fifty six. Right. Like you I don't get to know. You know. So you're sitting there going, I'm gonna go for it on fourth down, and you're like, Do I have a guy who's good at breaking tackles? Maybe Zeus is averaging two well, yards carry. That's it's the kind of dumb. thing. That's the kind of thing in the midweek that a head coach would say to offensive coordinator, "Hey, it's time to give Milton a shot." But at let's the time, give Milton a shot if we have a fourth down scenario because sure. he's breaking all the tackles. Well, maybe Something he just like gets that. a lot more carries. I would go and I would have done this er, uh, earlier, and I I can't remember if I said it, but I definitely said it in my blog. Which, for, by the way, folks, is Big Harry Blog, B L A W G. That's Big Harry Blog dot com. But I had definitely said I would go. Milton and McIntosh and split up the primary carries, give them like 15 a pop. I would have done it a few weeks ago and then see what happens. I would guess because McIntosh, McIntosh being a little older guy and not yeah, I too agree. much I of completely the workload on Milton and McIntosh has performed well as well. He's been more admirable and we were waiting to see is this Milton lightning in a bottle. He's wearing 22. Uh, my favorite Gators number, Emmett Smith. Obviously, he's not going to be the all-time leading rusher in NFL history, 
but I bet he could be a good dog, and I'm excited to see him in the cocktail party. We are not talking enough right now about the cocktail party. This Bama game has gotten our minds all excited and, and clouded. Our emotion, We're all in our emotions, fans. Listen, whoever loses this game, as I wrote about in my blog, has a clear path to win the national championship. So don't worry what happens. If you win, you're not the champions of the world. If you lose, you're still in good position. That Georgia-Florida game is going to be the big game of the year for the, for the dogs. I think that if I do think that if whoever wins this game is punching a ticket to the playoff, that's uh, very possible. I, I see like Bama if you don't in. win, you're going to be fighting it a little I, bit. I, I like you're going to have to get, you're going to have to prove it. But like if you win, if whichever team wins. Like I don't see the I don't see them get knocked out. Like even if they lost to Florida or something, like they I mean it, it they're in. Like, That's a hot take. It is a hot take. Georgia has to win the SEC to get in, way more so than Bama, because Bama's won multiple national championships without. So yeah, the Bama because Bama's gotten in without winning. Bama almost gets in with winning this. Bama's won the title Georgia without winning does. that game. I don't. I think Georgia needs to win the SEC East. Um, if we had the one loss and it was only to Florida and just looked great, I think we might make. I it think as the four, given the four. state of the other, we might make the four. I would take. A, I think I would, given. Given the state of the other conferences, given yeah. the state of the Big 12, given the state of the Big 10, right. given the state of the Pac-12. Well, we don't know what the Big what 10 is yet. We don't really know, but yeah. like we know teams like Ohio State don't have a tough schedule, a remotely tough schedule. It's I'm not already penciling Ohio here. State and Clemson in, aren't you? Uh, Yeah, probably I'm penciling them in, but I'm basically assuming it's going to be two SEC teams after that. Got it. Well, the now, Big 12 lost. So I'm like, know, if son- Georgia wins against Bama – and they've beaten Auburn, Tennessee, Bama. Like we're going to be number one. Probably. I don't think they could lose both to Florida and to the SEC championship. But if they lost one of them, I think they're still in. Right. Um, I do, but there's definitely that Bama's gotten the advantage. And that's what I wanted to bring up. Bama's gotten advantage because Saban is a mind power guru on the level of you know Charles Madsen, Jim Jones. He's a total brain control um, power guy that just really manipulates people and tells them what to think like uh politicians should be taking notes from how Saban works the media works around. Yeah, he's, he's like a bill he's clinton Belichick. it's ridiculous it's ridiculous what he does he's an ultimate professional he's a consummate professional he's very involved in their game plan as david pollock said who pollock's really been doing our most decorated defensive guy of all time really been doing a bang-up job as a commentator lately i've really liked pollock's energy he's talking about expanding the college football playoff which I've been the earliest person to say before they when they first announced it was four. I was like, expand it. I was out there with expansion picket signs, you know. Yeah, expansion would be really fun. I've always been a fan of that. Good. But honestly, you just asked about if Ohio State makes it. Am I punching their ticket? I think so because their schedule is not hard. I expect them to win Aaron. out. What about Clemson? Who's going to beat Clemson? Nobody. Notre Dame could beat them, I guess. Notre Dame could beat them, and I actually picked Notre Dame in the offseason. Clemson hasn't gotten that sh- that uh, benefit but, of the doubt. Where they're gonna the th- lose if Ohio games. State loses, they're all Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State are all in a place of if I lose a game, I'm out. Correct. Once you lose two games, you're done. Whereas you can these lose teams, a game. I don't. I think that there's teams in the SEC that might lose two. I mean, it's, I they're don't. just playing better opponents. Bama maybe. Bama opponents. maybe because they, again they do get the benefit of the doubt. Um, Notre Dame is another real glory name where people would love to see him in there. They'd love to they, see him in, but they don't play anyone except for Clemson. If they just lose to Clemson, it's like there's no way you're getting in. They've never won a conference, so if they are ACC champions this year under any way or platform or record, if they somehow ended up ACC champions, I definitely it'd be hard see not them to put getting them in. in. 
Yeah. Well, anyways, we don't need to look too far down the road on that, but it is important to note how significant this game is for the playoffs. But that being said, the bell is tolling. Bama is here. What are your takes? What's this game going to be? Are the Bulldogs coming away with the win? This is a good spot for Georgia to win this game. But if we win it, is we're going to have to face them again. We might face them three times. So that's a thing. Like, relax, y'all, if we win this game. Relax, y'all, if we lose this game. But when we would traditionally pick and we thought Georgia didn't have a good chance or was maybe not going to win, we don't pick against Georgia in season, we would say 31-30, dogs. So I was kind of leaning 31-30, but in light of uh, Nick not being there, I'm going 30 for Georgia, 27 for the Tide. I think that Georgia makes a big splash here and that the offense shows up and executes at a high level. I think that the the, the, the potential absence or absence of Saban looms large, and I think that I think that the Bulldogs' offense pulls it together because they Kirby talked about how these teams know each other, these kids know each other, they know this game, the the, the hype is there, whether there's the the amount of fans are the same or not. Game day's coming, and I just think that I think that Georgia's offense is going to show up against a Bama defense that doesn't look like it has everything together right now, and I think that the Georgia defense will give Bama's offense enough fits that the Bulldogs will come away with this win and be maybe be, probably be number one. Give me after, a, give me a number, Samzy. I'm going to put it at – I'm going to put it at – Pick, um, 38-35. Wow, that's a lot of points for Georgia. I'd love to see a score that that could very well happen. I think that I think this that's could where be a it's going to come from. I think the Georgia offense is going to be what what gets it done. It depends. I think it's up to the. I really ultimately think it's up to Kirby. Like, let it loose. Let the weapons play. If you do that, I think there's a path. The the, the there's that's the that has to be the game plan. You are not going to churn it out with Zeus chugging for three yards. And beat Bama. It's no, not going to happen. We're not, but are we going to really yield 35 points a game when we yielded, you know, 12.6 last year and are giving I up 10 points might, a game I think you might, given now. what this, this O-line is an NFL offensive line they are. that can dictate their offense. No one dictates I, on us. It's the biggest test that Georgia's had, but that that being said, this Georgia defense is the biggest test that they've had. So no, that is no the one most – that's why Georgia everyone's defense. talking about it. Because it is the most interesting thing that's going to be seen in right. this game. Right. And that's going to be the biggest dogfight. But I think what's going to make the difference is, yes, those two titans, the, the Georgia defense and that Alabama offense are going to meet. But I just like where Georgia's offense is at right now yeah. compared to where Bama's defense is at right now. Yeah, Bama's that's defense why, is in shambles right now. Golding isn't getting it done right now. Saban isn't there to fix it. Definitely favors yep. Georgia. I don't think our defense is going to sleep well, giving up 35 points, even if they win. So they're getting another chance, not just for the program redemption against Alabama, but also for the one time that Georgia gave up a lot of points, more than 18 last year, the LSU game. Here comes another explosive offense. Here comes another test. Are you ready to be junkyard dogs, baby? Are you ready to hunker down, you hairy dogs? Because if you do... The Crimson Tide is going to feel that bulldog bite. That's it for this week, folks. Uh, tune in next week to hopefully hear us recap how the Bulldogs kick the shit out of the Emma Crimson Tide. When you beat the Georgia Bulldog, you're going to feel the bulldog bite.